welcome to another episode of In the End, a Morbidly Curious podcast. I'm your co-host, Emma Hitchcock. And I'm Tara Ingman. And so I can't go to the library or to the thrift store to get my books anymore. So I've been like hitting Amazon real hard. You Um, and many others, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I was looking at like the bestsellers currently, and I think they're kind of funny. Or at least like as of recording this about the apocalypse <laughs> yeah it's like the stand station 11 um the andromeda strain it's right. all it's just that yeah right the pandemic apocalypse specifically yeah, the plague yes. has yeah. been working its way up the bestseller list again which is hilarious oh, that's nice <laughs> yeah give camu a little love yeah totally. for the first time in years um but what I, I noticed was not on there is another type of apocalypse that everybody was like very concerned about a little while ago when Trump was running his mouth at North Korea, which is <laughs> nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> ah, yes. Let's not forget about the nuclear apoca- apocalypse for sure. Yeah. <laughs> which, don't worry, is still like a thing. In case, oh, definitely. <laughs> in case you would like cross that off your list. No, no, friends. Here to tell you. <laughs> still potentially a problem absolutely Um, (laughs) but i wanted to go through it actually because it's not it's not what you think like it's not i think the idea that we have in our head of like what happens in the event of like someone unleashing nuclear explosions is really not not the case anymore i mean what's in my (laughs) head is hiroshima and nagasaki obviously (laughs) right but when you if like So, like, you live in Istanbul, and you feel like, I imagine, and maybe you don't, because you're (laughs) well-educated and amazing, but, like, if anybody dropped a nuclear bomb anywhere in Istanbul, everyone in Istanbul is dead, and you just, like, don't have to worry about it, because we're done. (laughs) Because we're all dead anyway. I mean, maybe not immediately, but, like, in the nearest future, yeah, I imagine we're probably all dead. (laughs) Because if the bomb itself, like, if the actual explosion doesn't kill you, then, like, radiation poisoning, definitely going to get you before too much longer, I would imagine. Right. And so, and that's sort of the thing is everybody just assumes, well, I just, like, the bomb goes off and then I kiss my own ass goodbye and we just, like, don't move on because we can't. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of go through like the sections of a nuclear blast, like what each of those kind of rings from hmm, like okay. ground zero out looks like. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can give you the sections, but like I can't give you the radius on them because it dramatically depends on what kind of weapon you're dropping. Right. So right. weapons go mm-hmm. anywhere from 0.2 tons to 150 megatons. <laughs> That's quite the range. Okay. (laughs) Right. So, like, each of those, like, everything in that spectrum has a slightly different, obviously, like, size and radius to it. But Right, of course. uh, When we look at, like, the anatomy of a blast, um, your missile, your nuclear missile goes off. And in the center, the very center, you have um, the fireball radius. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs> um, that's probably what you're thinking of when you think of a nuclear blast. Like, right. it's it does, in fact, pretty much vaporize everything. Because 
the core temperature at the center of that is somewhere between 50 and 100 million degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> or uh, 28 to 83 million Celsius. I mean, so, it doesn't like, really matter at that point. Like, <laughs> No, no, but just like frame of reference. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's just like everything is, is gone and like it never existed. Mm-hmm. It's the Avengers. You just like turn to dust in the wind <laughs> and you're gone. Um, outside of that, you have the heavy blast radius, which um, is defined as about 20 PSI. 20 pounds uh, per square inch of pressure. And so heavily built concrete buildings Hmm. are either like completely demolished or severely damaged. And even within this range, the fatality rate is going to be about a hundred percent because even a few organs can withstand that blast. (laughs) Right. The building you're standing in to protect yourself from it has now collapsed on top of you. Right. Exactly. Even if the blast itself doesn't kill you, like, all of the f- collapsing buildings are going to crush you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then you get to the moderate blast radius, which is five PSI. Um, even like most residential buildings, I can't survive that kind of pressure mm-hmm. blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so residential buildings would collapse and injuries, if not fatalities, at least injuries are almost universal at this. Right. Right. So lots of people are going to die. Not necessarily everybody, but, like, everyone who's not dead is going to be pretty severely injured. Again, because of at least collapsing buildings and shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's also, this is where we start getting into the range of, like, a high risk for fires, which actually becomes Mm, one of the bigger problems. You end up with, like, firestorms. Yeah. Um, And when we say firestorm, we don't just mean, like, a large fire. Like, it is so large, it's considered weather. Um... Oh, wow. So, yeah, like that's a firestorm is so large, it's considered weather and it it can actually cause like uh, rainfall and that sort of thing. So (laughs) this is the range where we start getting into uh, fires being an issue. Right. Then we have your your good old thermal radiation radius, Hmm. um, which is where you get like third degree radiation burns. Hmm. Um, this is like the Pompeii effect that we talked about where people just like it got so hot and they just died but with radiation is that what we're kind of talking about here similar they're not gonna die they're just gonna be badly like if you got medical attention um you could survive this yeah Yeah. okay you'd have scarring and maybe disabilities and you might need an amputation or two Right, um, right. And I mean, I imagine wicked radiation poisoning, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but like in the immediate time, you're going to survive. Like you could survive anyway. And what's interesting is, um, yes, you would have like all of these third degree burns, but they're often painless hmm. because it's so intense and so instantaneous. It just right. like destroys all of your nerves. Right. Right. So you could be covered in third degree burns and then look down and be like, oh, hey, (laughs) I melted. And you just like wouldn't. I should get that taken care of. (laughs) Your brain doesn't have time to reconcile the information. Totally. Totally. Outside of that, you have your light blast damage radius, which is one PSI. This is going to like bust your windows and stuff. Mm, Right. Like the whole building isn't going to come down, but there's often a really high rate of injury with this because people go 
hey, what's that? And then they run to the window and then the window explodes. <laughs> right. And they get a face full of window glass. Yeah. Yeah. So like, bummer. Right. Um, and then you have your radiation radius hmm. where you get up to 500 rem of ionizing radiation. Um, it's generally, so 500 is the, is usually considered fatal within a month. Hmm. So that's okay. like kind of how they're right, right. outlining that. Yeah. Um, and about 15% of survivors from that will eventually die of cancer. Yeah. So like that's yeah. your. Totally. Um, those are like the official setups. You get nuclear fallout that will go further than this. And they kind of range it by rads up to one rad. Um, so. What does that mean? I don't understand. Yeah. So. It's a way of measuring the the radiation in the atmosphere or the soil or whatever. So, like, when we think of background radiation, mm-hmm. there's always background radiation um, around us. Like, it's not a big deal. We can totally survive it. And mm-hmm. up to 100 sieverts, which is just a unit of measurement for low-level radiation. Okay. Um, can, humans can survive up to 100 without risk, increased risk of cancer. Right. Huh. Okay. So that's like normal every day, just like being alive on the planet, radiation levels. Right. And from what I could see, one rad is roughly equivalent to 100 sieverts. So they calculate the fallout. Okay. So a rad is roughly 100 Uh, times that like pre cancer, you're totally fine level of normal radiation. Is that... It's it's one rat is like the limit where you could start seeing increased hmm. okay. levels of cancer, right? Okay. Like one through ninety nine, you're you're probably fine. About a hundred is when it switches over. So they calculate okay. the nuclear fallout. Gotcha. Once it drops off below that, they stop kind of calculating nuclear fallout. Right. So that's like our anatomy of blowing shit up with a nuclear weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, as I had said, it kind of depends on what weaponry you're using. Um, right, of course. What's going to happen. So, if anyone is ever bored and or feeling vindictive, <laughs> there's a website you should check out. Um, if you search for nuke map, it will give you this thing where you can put in the size of the weapon and it'll give you some presets for, like, things that actually exist or things we have used in the past or, mm-hmm. like, whatever... And you can pick a location and it will actually show you on a physical map, like, what each of those uh, areas look like. Like, how far that reaches. And you can see how dramatically that changes. Depending on the weapon. Yeah, you guys, Emma just told me about this right before we started recording. And, like, I'm here to tell you, it's so much fun. (laughs) You should absolutely go check it out. It's so fascinating. (laughs) I plan on doing it to, like, every major city. (laughs) After we finish this recording. <laughs> but I also, I think it's helpful because you can calculate it to space that you as a person know and understand. Mm-hmm. So you can kind mm-hmm. of see this. But so um, just to give you some examples of like these limits here, if you can't get to the interwebs to check out the nuke map. Um, I decided to blow up NYU. <laughs> Terra's undergrad. Uh, almost. But I also like thought... New York is kind of a space that most of us can yeah. at least wrap our minds around yeah, yeah, totally. what that looks like. And 
So if we do, like, the lower end of existing weaponry uh-huh. at one kiloton. Right. Um, the estimated fatality is from that if we, like, center in somebody's, like, fuck you, Professor So-and-so. And they, like, <laughs> launch a missile directly at NYU. Right. Um, estimated fatality is uh, 35,060. Okay. Injuries just under 63,000. Hmm. Um, the fireball radius, like the the liquid liquefy everyone, <laughs> turn them into vapor. Right. Um, 0. 0.02 kilometers squared. Oh, that's not that big. Yeah. That's like nothing. Yeah. Your heavy blast radius is 0. 0.15 kilometers squared. Hmm. So Still. This is where all the buildings collapse. Very small. Yeah. It's pretty small. Moderate blast points. Uh, roughly two thirds of a kilometer squared. Okay. We're we're still pretty small here. Yeah. Yeah. Thermal radiation, 0.79 kilometers squared. Yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> radiation radius, 2.2 kilometers squared. Okay, okay. And then your light blast is 4.35 kilometers squared. So that's reasonably well contained. Like, that's not even going to make it off the island. Right, yeah, for real. Your f- The fallout is going to trail, depending on which way, the, literally which way the wind is blowing, mm-hmm. um, a couple kilometers out, but is pretty well contained. So, like... right. Even at that level, which one kiloton is higher than the smallest produced um, U.S. weapon. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, just saying. That's yeah, that's, that's not that bad, honestly. And I would imagine that, like, located in Manhattan, a lot of the fallout would very likely trail out over the ocean from there. So, like... From what I could see, like... What it was showing for typical weather patterns, it would actually, like, it wouldn't quite go out to sea. It would trail towards, like, Vermont because... Oh, really? Interesting. I would expect it to go slightly, like, less north and more, like, directly It's, like, east, north. But okay, yeah. It's, like, towards Vermont, but, like, yeah, not yeah, quite. Yeah, okay. Um, so you are going to get a lot of, like, heavily populated centers in that area then. Right, but you are going to get a lot of, like, farmland. So the radiation will go up into the atmosphere. The nice thing about... The nice thing. Interesting (laughs) choice of words, Emma. Um, These kinds of nuclear blasts, like, from weaponry and Mm -hmm. testing and stuff, stay in the lower atmosphere. So as soon as rain comes through, it shoves it back down so it doesn't travel as far. Okay. Um, And that's the difference between these sorts of things and, like, Chernobyl. Like, Chernobyl was spewing radiation farther up in the atmosphere and so it, mm-hmm. it had the opportunity to travel as far as like finland you yeah. know what i mean like yeah, yeah, it was yeah. yeah so that's kind of the difference there so it what would it would like blow up in the radiation starting and then it would rain and then arable farmland in vermont would be becomes poisoned yeah semi-poisoned for a while <laughs> yeah for like Whoops. a generation or so yeah <laughs> right so that's one kiloton then there's like the flip side, which is 150 kilotons, uh, which would be a W80, which is the highest. It's not the highest, but it's one of the highest in the current U.S. nuclear arsenal. Hmm. Okay. So same unhinged person is like, fuck you, professor. And they <laughs> blow up the same place. Right. Estimated fatalities from this are like more or less instant fatalities are 811,800. <laughs> I mean, that's dramatically larger, but actually not even a million. I was expecting, like, well over a million. New York City, New York City is so dense and, like, okay, that's lower 
than I would have guessed. Lower than you expected, yeah. Although obviously dramatically higher than the last one, <laughs> which honestly you said it was like 35,000 35, something. 000. That was smaller than like the student body at NYU when I was there. And certainly I'm sure, I don't know what their current st- student body is, but like I'm sure it's bigger than that, you know? <laughs> right, but they're spread out over, I assume they're spread out more than like 0.02 kilometers. So that's why. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so your injuries from our 150 kiloton are going to be about a million and a half hmm. injuries okay. from that. Um, fallout effect, deaths, question mark, question mark, question mark. There are really too many, like, variables, variables yeah, yeah. to calculate that, but like, many. It's just <laughs> right, a lot, millions. Depending. <laughs> so this fireball is going to be, uh... 0.64 kilometers squared. Just the fireball. Hmm. It's going to be a okay. over half a kilometer squared. Okay. The radiation... I don't have our uh, heavy blast radius on this. Um, the calculator I was using was having issues with the math, so... And I'm not a scientist, so like... <laughs> um, your radiation... Um, thermal radiation radius is going to be uh, 3.17 kilometers squared. Hmm. So we're All right. dramatically bigger. Yeah. Your moderate blast radius is going to be 43.8 kilometers. So like, yeah, that's large. Residential buildings are collapsing up mm-hmm. to 43.8 yeah. kilometers squared. Your radiation radius mm-hmm. um, is 86.9 kilometers squared. Yikes. All right. Woof. And the light blast radius is 347 kilometers squared. Okay. So 350 kilometers away from New York City is... Roughly where? No, it's that's squared. Like so, that's the whole area. Ha! Huh, okay. Not right, the, right, right. Gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. But like when I mapped this out, like Jersey was in trouble. Like, <laughs> right, right. And but it's not like takes... people in Boston, like their windows are not blowing out or anything like that. Right. Exactly. So yeah. I think it is more contained than most people kind of like. Yeah. Definitely. Think. Yeah. Um. So those are kind of our two examples. So the smallest known weapon currently, like, produced and in, is called the Davy Crockett. It's <laughs> 0.02 tons, which is itty, itty, bitty. It's, like, it's way smaller than what I just told you. <laughs> it's, like, the adorable uh, nuclear <laughs> missile. And then the largest ever that was known to have been tested was this weird one-off thing from the Soviet Union called the Tsar Bomba. <laughs> of course it was. Okay. Right. <laughs> Uh, which was 50 megatons. Yikes. 50 megatons. Okay. So, again, wow. that's that's our spectrum of what mm-hmm. people have decided to play with for nuclear weapons. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but so I wanted to talk about, like, where nuclear weapons are currently. Like, uh-huh. where are we at with with nuclear arsenal in the world? So as of 2019... Which, like, things change quickly, and a lot of this is secret, so, like, <laughs> right, keep yeah. in mind, these are estimates, people's <laughs> yeah. best guesses, Yeah. and a certain um, orange world leader that we know has <laughs> promised to, like, double our nuclear arsenal, so... Fantastic. Great. Yeah. But as of 2019, the Stockholm Peace Research Institute estimated that there were uh, 13,865 currently in arsenals. There are more, okay. but a lot of them are slated for destruction, so they're not hmm. they're not considered active weaponry. Okay. Wow. 
that's a lot. Right. Um, most of them are on the smaller end of the spectrum. Yeah. Obviously, it would be really funny if everybody was like, I need a thousand Zarbombos. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> nobody needs a thousand. Nobody needs any. But Right, like, nobody needs one. Need. But, yeah. Right. Um, 90% of all of that, of all 13,865, are owned by the U.S. and Russia. Of course they are. Yes. Right. Thank you, Cold War geopolitics. Um, recognized nuclear weapon states are the U.S., Russia, the U.K., France, and China. That's um, it? The, yep. Oh, wow. Okay. There, I there expected th- that list to be a lot longer. <laughs> there are three states that claim to have possession, uh-huh. which would be India, Pakistan, yeah. and North Korea. Right, of course. And Israel is widely, like, recognized to have nuclear weapons but they're like i don't know what you're talking about you really don't i what no and it's never been confirmed so like it's an assumption yeah not officially recognized yeah yeah there are also um nato nuclear weapon sharing states so they don't have their own (laughs) but but they can like borrow a nuke if they need one (laughs) right so they can turn to one of their uh, NATO allies and be like, hey, we need to bomb some people. And they're going to be like, you got it, dude. So Turkey and can be like, listen, because <laughs> Turkey's in NATO. Like, listen, NATO members, we need a nuke. Can we like, we'll get you back for it. Can we just have one of your nukes for the moment? And they have to be like, yeah, sure. Here's our nuke. <laughs> and so it's not every country that's in NATO. It's only specific huh. ones that have this set right. up. But yes, Turkey okay. is one of them. So it's Turkey, the Netherlands, <laughs> Italy, Germany, Belgium. <laughs> so just like, don't piss off Belgium is all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we learned that lesson in World War One, but yeah. <laughs> Should have. Should Apparently have. not. <laughs> so in theory, those are the only state actors who should be able to, or theoretically have access to nuclear weapons. Uh, under the NATO lend lease nuke program. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> timeshare. Yeah. Nuclear weapon timeshare. <laughs> Can we just have it for the winter? We want to put Christmas ornaments. <laughs> All right, Germany, you do what you want. Like, sure, whatever. <laughs> oh, crazy, crazy. Um, I kind of like that. I like the idea. Like, what I actually like is the idea that there's like one. There's like one nuclear weapon in the world, and we just like move it. <laughs> Right? This month, it's France's turn. And then next month, they have to turn it over to Germany. And then, yeah. Yeah. It'd be kind of sweet. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I mean, when you think about having over 13,000 nuclear weapons, it doesn't really matter how small they are. Like, blow up enough of those. Right, yeah. We could cause a nuclear apocalypse, right? Yeah. Like, we could take Pretty out the easily, world. Yeah. <laughs> Yes and no. Considering what exists, even if we detonated, like, all of them, it's unlikely that you're going to kill the entire human race. Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, But so, like, when you talk to experts, as I so often do, no, when I read (laughs) uh, reports on this um, and, like, articles and things, here's how this would likely go. Hmm. Like, from somebody deciding, like, to push the button to send right. missiles. 
somebody goes fuck those people and they hit the button <laughs> yeah and they would probably send five to ten range mm-hmm. weapons so like four um like we were going through like sizes of things the last nuclear weapon known to have been tested in like north korea was about 15 kilotons which is the same as i think was i think it was hiroshima hmm okay um that's the last like known weapon to come from north korea so like they like send five to ten of those over the u.s and the u.s is like no fuck you and they counter strike <laughs> and they like send yeah. ten over and then north korea is like well shit fuck you more and they send a couple more and like allies start getting involved in this right, right? so like russia right. gets involved for sure and yeah. like I don't know, people start bombing South Korea for reasons <laughs> why. And, like, stuff starts flying. So you would think, like, at a certain point, we're just going to, like, shoot our proverbial load, like, the whole thing, and be done. But um, that's extremely unlikely. Because most of the targets are going to be nuclear sites, right? So, like, right, yeah, one country is you shooting You want to weapon. blow up. You want to, like, cripple their ability to cripple you yeah right so a lot of that weaponry would be like moot mm-hmm. yeah pretty early on yeah in this clusterfuck <laughs> um also when you think about it like when they're sending missiles to those areas like a lot in the u.s a lot of our nuclear stuff is in like wyoming right so it's not going to be population center yeah um not to say that people in Wyoming aren't important. There are just fewer of them than in <laughs> right. cities. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't kind of be... Like, your main target is not going to be, like, dead center Paris. Mm-hmm. And, like, unless yeah. you get further down the chain and you're like, no, for real, fuck those people. Like it's <laughs> Right, and you're like, these are our last ten. And so, like, we're just going to target all of their biggest population centers or something. Right. But so typically when they're doing this, like about a hundred is what they are expecting would go off hmm. before people were like, hey, maybe we should stop. <laughs> right. Um, I have a suggestion. <laughs> maybe this is not a great idea. <laughs> right. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> which is, you know, I mean, it's less than like 1% of what's available. Right. Right, But it still is a lot of like exploded nuclear missiles around the world. Yeah. Yeah. So people lose their mind. They detonate about a hundred nuclear missiles of various sizes. What does that do? Right. Yeah. It sounds like it should be the genuine fucking apocalypse. (laughs) Probably wouldn't be. Um, It would be bad. Don't get me wrong. Um, (laughs) (laughs) millions would probably die in the initial attack for sure yeah and then millions more would die like within the next month from radiation Mm -hmm. exposure yeah but that leaves like literally billions of people to sort this situation (laughs) right so the major concern becomes like the nuclear winter that follows this Mm -hmm. um about a hundred detonations would cause and i quote a small nuclear winter how are Just nuclear winter one? sizes measured, I wonder? <laughs> By the global drop in temperature. Like how drastically oh, it would change okay. the global drop in temperature. So a small nuclear winter would drop the global temperature by about 1.25 degrees Celsius. Huh. Okay. That's not four. that much. Yeah. 
Yeah, but for frame of reference, in case you're curious, um, the estimated change from global warming is plus 0.8 degrees Celsius. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... But it's not that's like not good. ice age levels, is it? It's not ice age levels, but it would be enough to devastate all agriculture, probably, across the planet. I mean, certainly in any temperate region, for sure. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. You know, like where we grow our food. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a 2013 study <laughs> that estimated like what the famine from this would look like. Mm -hmm. Like all of this goes off. The temperature drops dramatically. Crops fail. Um, their rather conservative estimate is that two billion people would die of starvation. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But that still leaves like that still after leaves we've killed off the initial people and the radiation right. people and now the starving people. We've still got a couple billion people left. So like, <laughs> totally. go humanity, go. <laughs> um, another side effect of all of this would be, um, and to review, I'm not a scientist. Um, there are several articles if you want to read about why this would be the case. But um, the UV rays would intensify after all of these blasts right because hmm. it depletes the ozone right there. yeah yeah estimates put it with 100 nuclear weapons going off um a 50 to 70 percent reduction in the ozone layer hmm. over the northern hemisphere yikes okay that's not good <laughs> at which point like in order to survive your options are stay inside and block all of your windows <laughs> right <laughs> for literally years yeah um <laughs> Or have to have protective covering. So, like, mm -hmm. when you when you look at a lot of, like, post-apocalyptic movies and they've got, like, all of those layers of clothes on and, like, yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. covering their faces and everything, that's actually, like, for a nuclear apocalypse, a very wise choice. Yeah. If for no other reason than the radiation from the sun. Right, right. Yeah, usually the, I feel like the explanation for that that I see is, like, residual radiation in the air and, like you know, in the soil and that sort of thing. But yeah, solar radiation, because we've destroyed the ozone, is yeah. perhaps more of a problem. All right. I mean, and also, as I said, a lot of this, it's not going to like hang out in the air per right. se. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's going yeah. gonna to be in the soil. It's going to be in the plants. It's going to be in all of that kind of stuff and definitely mm -hmm. in your water supply. But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> other than the dust in the air, that's yeah. not a big deal. Um, it's just the sunburn that's going to kill you. So. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, like, that does not sound fun. And that would definitely, I think, I mean, that would be considered apocalyptic, for sure. It's for not sure. going to be, like, yeah. the end of humanity. No. People would survive. No. But, like, that is an apocalypse, like, by yes. any definition of the term, I feel. For right. sure. <laughs> Millions dead. The climate change. You haven't seen the sun in a while. Yeah. You're literally um, not allowed to see the sun because it will kill you instantly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, initially, it, like, nuclear winter, it would, like, block out the sun right. for a while. Right, So that's fun. Um, <laughs> and then once we saw it again, it would kill you. Yeah. So, like, well, shucks. Yeah. Um, At that point, honestly, like... Just let me die because I get unbelievably depressed when I like in the winter when it's cloudy for like a week. <laughs> yeah, right. We spent a winter in Russia together. I was incredibly depressed like the whole winter. I can't 
take not seeing the sun on a regular basis. So like, if you tell me, like, the initial the sun is going away for like, I don't know, weeks, months, and then you're still never going to be able to see it again, even when the skies have cleared, like, honestly, just let me die. I can't do this. I mean, I'm not interested. No, thank you. <laughs> you. You know, also use some protective clothing. I'll get you some like UV blocking. I know, stuff. but like, I need to see the sun. <laughs> That's what I'm saying is like, I'll build you the protective clothing so that you can go out. So that I can go outside. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Cool. We'll see. Cool. I got this sorted. <laughs> this whole apocalypse sorted. Um, no, it's funny. I, I remember that because I, like, I have people talk about like seasonal affective disorder and like they hate winter and they get yes. all depressed. I have the opposite. Like the summer <laughs> has that effect on me. Right. So when I lived in Russia and it was like, what was it, like 20 or 30 expats all working in the same yeah, yeah. school. By, like, <laughs> February, everyone was, like, ready to fucking murder each other. And I'm watching it, and yeah. I know why, and they're all like, mur, And I'm like, I think you're just a little grumpy because of the weather. And they're like, shut up! And I'm like, okay. And then you get to, like, the yeah. first day in March that is over-freezing and the sun is out. Right. And suddenly everyone is a goddamn Disney character. They're like, Maria. There's like, the hills yeah. are not, I love you. You're so amazing and we're best friends. And I was like, you guys are uh, yeah. fucking, yeah. I hate all of you. Like, I hate all of you. <laughs> it's real. I mean, a lot of people right now probably have not seen the sun yeah, as much as they would like to, especially considering it's like spring and the weather's better, and everybody's Definitely. like, "I want to go out and do things." It's yeah, like, well, you can sit on your porch and uh, <laughs> look at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So the other major thing to consider here is like we were talking about all of that like good old nuclear fallout. Yes. Um. There would be deaths from this. How many? I don't know. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's incredibly hard to calculate uh, because there's so many variables. It's like what the weather is like mm-hmm. and how it yeah. shifts and what the soil is like. Yeah. Um, all of these things will have an effect on it. Also, it becomes really difficult to parse what deaths are related specifically to the nuclear fallout and what are not. Right, of course. Because it's often years later. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you look at studies from like Nagasaki or something. Some of the studies show a higher rate of birth defects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Some of them don't. And some of them show (laughs) higher cancer rates. Right. And some of them don't. Right. It's just incredibly hard. We can't really do like a controlled study of this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For obvious. Right. Moral and legal reasons. Um, Yeah. And it's hard for any given case to be like, did you develop this cancer because you were in like the zone that was affected by this or like for other reasons? Like if you lived literally anywhere else in the world, would you have developed this anyway or other environmental factors or, you know, like it's so hard to determine these things like to the level that needs to be for these types of like scientific studies. Yeah. Right. Right. And even, I mean, Everybody talks about Chernobyl, and I mean, that was appalling. And yes. there's certainly like a huge human cost there, but trying to parse right. what was what in that is like nigh on impossible. So, yeah. like, yeah. I think the, like, the estimates you'll get of how many deaths were caused by Chernobyl are like very somewhere between, I think it's like 30,000 and like <laughs> hundreds of thousands because. Yeah, yeah totally. 
it depends on your criteria for counting it and like whatever. So I am not a scientist and the scientists don't agree on any of this. So I can't <laughs> give you what that number would be. Right. But all I can safely tell you is that um, exposure to higher radiation over time will cause cancer. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> can I put a number on it? No, but no. like, that's a thing that will happen because there will definitely be higher definitely like, radiation exposure. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I think it's funny because like back in, like as soon as we had like radium, right, everybody was like, mm. this shit is amazing. And they were like, <laughs> we're going to put it on watch faces because it glows in the dark. And then all the right. girls who were painting this like yeah. died of radium poisoning. And like they would put it in the bottom of like water jugs. Uh-huh. Like you could buy water jugs uh-huh. that had like the radium lining in it. Mm-hmm. So like drink your cancer like (laughs) people were practically like sprinkling it on breakfast cereal you know like it was crazy it was in everything yeah everything yeah i do there's a the mooter has this really cool thing so what they used to do cool uh slash horrifying um (laughs) what they used to do the cool new thing was when you went to get new shoes you Mm. sat in this little thing and they x-rayed your foot so they could see yeah yeah like how the shoe fit um, how safe you think x-rays were back in the day? <laughs> not super safe. And not. this was just I like... I think they were not. <laughs> and there's no, like, lead aprons or anything. So <laughs> right. you just, like, go yeah. in a shoe shop and they're like, here's a dose of radiation poisoning. Enjoy. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy how casual we used to be with it. Right. Uh, Nobody knew that it was a survive. problem yet. And so everybody was like, this is awesome. Let's use it for everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lead. Same thing. Like we, uh-huh. humans like to fuck with poison. Like right. we, it's, we just do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've managed to survive being that cavalier about. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of us. In the past. It's fine. <laughs> right. Um, but so, yeah. So that's kind of like the anatomy of this. So like. Uh, even if we unleashed every nuclear weapon currently in existence, it's unlikely to wipe out the human race. Like it wouldn't just be yeah, yeah. a nuclear wasteland that nothing could survive in. Yeah. Um, the apocalypse would be grim because we'd all be like, <laughs> we'd all have to adults, become more people. Yeah. <laughs> living off leaf paste because agriculture has collapsed. Like it would be grim. Right. <laughs> And unpleasant. Uh, but it's not going to be the end of humanity. Yeah. We would not have actually destroyed ourselves. We would probably, at that point, just be getting our just desserts for fucking with nuclear weaponry. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. Like, at a certain point, it's like, I mean, fair. As you're eating your leaf paste <laughs> yeah. and your fungus. We, as a race, like, as a species, did did kind of deserve this. We kind of asked for this. <laughs> right, like, we, maybe not... Me personally, or you personally, listeners, right, but, like, but like the human race <laughs> as a species, <laughs> yeah, humanity. We have been uh, asking for this for a long time now. Yeah, <laughs> this, we brought this on ourselves, <laughs> right? I imagine that would be little solace as you are <laughs> wrapped in eighty-five layers of protective clothing. Yeah, <laughs> scrounging for yeah. It'd be like fungus and leaf paste is what we'd have to live off of. <laughs> Things you could forage. That um, would keep for a long time. Yeah. 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 That sounds awful. I know. And I always think, like, so listen, I'm not a bunker people. I'm not a bunker people. <laughs> I could very easily become a bunker but. people. It's a very appealing 
notion to me. And I was I was having a conversation with my brother over Christmas in front of his wife. And um, I think it started because we were talking about the game, like one of the Fallout games, hmm. right? Where you like build a bunker after the nuclear apocalypse and like huh. whatever. So okay. we're, we're talking about this. And um, and we started joking. And it's like those dumbass people that are like, it's fine because we have solar power. My brother and I are like, Puh, because of nuclear winter, like solar power wouldn't work. You can't use that. Right. Obviously. And his wife was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. And she's like, well, what about wind power? And my brother and I were both like, mm-mm. No, you don't want wind power because because you don't want people to know where your bunker is. And if you've got a giant fucking wind turbine over it, it's like, right. here, we're right here. I'm come right here. All of our stuff. Yeah. Come murder me and take over my bunker. Yeah, for sure. So my brother and I figured like the geothermic, you would have to build like geothermic underground so nobody could see it. Uh. It's also the most reliable because like. I, you know, you don't have to worry about the sun. You don't have right. To worry about wind. right. It's just yeah. there. It's just there under the ground <laughs> being power. <laughs> and then I sort of figure out, like, what could I stock my bunker with? Because I really, like, I wouldn't, in the event of a nuclear <laughs> explosion, would not be able to get to you. No. Definitely so not. Happens We're to too far away. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's me and the cat, right? So, like. <laughs> right. Pass? Like, I don't really want to do that. But I'm also not going to kill the cat. <laughs> or let him suffer. So I got to build right. a bunker that the cat and I can live in until the end of his natural life, which would be about <laughs> ten to twelve years. Yeah. So I was like, "What can I stock in my bunker that would last?" You know, <laughs> I would have to like raise my own rabbits so that he could have fresh meat because cats are obligate carnivores. Like I went through the whole thing. So I like, <laughs> if I had money, I could be a great bunker people. Right. Geothermal power in particular gonna be really yes. expensive. <laughs> Well, and setting up, like, enough space so that you could have, like, a greenhouse, essentially, and right, a rabbit yeah, farm. Yeah. And... Yeah. Expensive. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to have freezer. Like, the other option would be, like, freezers and store enough meat to feed him for 10 to 12 years. But, like, that's, that's a lot a of lot. power. That's a lot. Yeah. And a lot of space as well. Like, meat takes up space. It's a lot of space, but it's the power is the bigger issue because, like... I'm not going to be able to build, like, an entire geothermic dam, right? It's going <laughs> right. to be reasonably small, so we have to conserve here. Yeah. Like, I've thought all of this through. I would I would be a great bunker, people. If you have money and you need help, reach out. If you ideas. need someone got... to design your bunker, <laughs> to, to hit up Emma. Through all she does consulting. <laughs> because these are things I think of at 3 a.m. when I can't sleep. <laughs> I would also like to, like, this is, um, like, we were talking about this, and I will put the the book in the show notes, but there's this book uh, that I read called The Day It Finally Happens. <laughs> so, if you have anxiety, or you would like some extra, <laughs> I highly recommend this book. It's by Mike Pearl, and it just goes through kind of inevitability. It's like, what does it actually look like if the... Um, UK royal family dissolves. Like, if they no longer have a monarchy, what does that do <laughs> right. on a practical level? Right. Um, what would happen in the event of a nuclear explosion? What happens if the internet goes down? Yeah. <laughs> like, as a whole, like, wholesale, the internet goes down. Yeah. What does that do to us? Yeah. And we talk to, like, experts to actually construct what that would look like for a whole bunch of different scenarios. Um, and that is one of the things I was referencing Uh when I was talking about nuclear explosions, but there's like 15 other ones in there. Totally worth reading. <laughs> if you just need to like, 
if your anxiety is not high enough during the quarantine. <laughs> or you, like I do, like to just lean into that anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Like just Absolutely. research it to its furthest following conclusion. So instead <laughs> of becoming anxiety, it's just reality. Like that's what I do. Because <laughs> once it's just reality, then you can just go shrug okay. and move on to the next thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that would be, yeah. Depending on your personal preference and your personality, that might be some good quarantine reading. I'm yeah, just saying. totally, totally. <laughs> uh, well, that was fun. <laughs> Thanks. I try. And if you like the podcast, guys, we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us or tell your friends about us. Spread the word. That would be great. And you can always find us on Twitter at In the Unpodcast, or you can email us at In the Unpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks. Thanks. The other way to make meringue is you heat the sugar into like a really mm-hmm. hot syrup. Hmm. And then as you're whipping the eggs, you pour that in so it cooks the eggs. So it cooks it a little bit by itself, yeah, yeah. Nope, she just put raw egg slop <laughs> on a cake. <laughs> I know. And then was like, this is really good. I was like... This looks beautiful. And I, I was like... find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>